0: Welcome back to Out of the Bubble. My name is Rachel Peru and I'm a grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Outer Bubble podcast. I started a new career four years ago, age 46, and found on social media so many amazing, inspiring women who were really embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, helping to break down those stereotypical middle-aged barriers, so I thought the podcast would be a great way to share some of these stories with you. So season three, I'm really excited to be back. I've been chatting with a diverse set of women of all ages whose stories I know will help women become more confident in body and mind. This week was meant to be York Fashion Week, and I was really looking forward to listening to a live event with this week's guest and a one-to-one podcast interview. Sadly, it's another casualty of the coronavirus, so it's postponed stone until a later date, but it will be back the good news is Kat Atkinson, brand influencer and social marketing brand consultant, otherwise known as Where's It At Kat, can still join me on the telephone.
1: So welcome Hello, Kat, thank hi. you so much.
0: Hi. So how do you describe what you do
1: for a job? It's a very good question. I get a lot of um, questions about, oh, so what, it, what is it that you do? So it's very multifaceted, to be honest. So Day-to-day, I am a lecturer um, at Leeds Beckett University. So I um, lecture on the fashion marketing course. Right. Um, So basically, um, I specialise in fashion styling, um, which is obviously my forte. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I teach um, level five, which is second year students. So day-to-day, I do that three days a week. So yeah, I really enjoy that. And then I also work for ASOS as a brand influencer so they basically have what's called an insiders program so it's a group of influencers from all over the world there's about 20 of us I think Mm. Um, and basically um, we have completely different styles uh, represent completely different things and we basically pick our pics of the website basically and showcase them on Instagram on our own Instagram channels and um I think that works quite well for ASOS really because it's such a huge platform a huge website you know you could spend hours on there um yeah. looking and trying to find something that that appeals to you because there's so many different styles so the advantage of this is somebody can follow me if they like my style and then I kind of direct them to brands that i like or specific items that i like so it just makes it a lot easier for the for the consumer really and um we attend events um and you know things race as well and then i kind of do a similar thing with my own channel so i'm obviously created a brand with where's it at cat so i basically post outfits do um style um advice do quite a bit of public speaking so at style events obviously sadly we're going to be doing I was going to be doing that talk at York Fashion Week yeah sadly but um yeah so I I do quite a lot of that and then and I do also help out businesses with their own social media offering as well um so yeah quite quite busy (laughs) yeah a lot (laughs) so what are you wearing today and how do you
0: describe your style to someone that doesn't know you
1: well Today is obviously the situation that we're going through at the minute. I mean, what I find is if you wear your jewellery and you do your hair the same and you wear your earrings the same, I find that it can make kind of a very casual outfit, which is not necessarily my style, still feel like you, so you don't feel like you're an imposter and you're dressing, you know, all in sportswear. So yeah, I've got all my gold jewellery on, I've got my earrings in, I've done my makeup, but I find wearing joggers and stuff when some all I'm doing is kind of sitting on the sofa working and maybe doing a bit of cleaning or sorting my wardrobe out I don't want to be in jeans and some of my best trousers because you just get them creased and yes yeah, so I'm much more comfortable in kind of lounge wear but um obviously I'm still trying to keep the content on my channel quite normal um so i I am getting changed into normal clothes to shoot some content um because i feel it's important to keep a bit of normality um yeah i agree
0: i do people want to see it actually people want that relief
1: yeah because it's 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 a bit of comfort isn't it not knowing you're going to see something that you usually usually see but yeah back to the question i mean how i would describe my style is quite minimal um androgynous quite oversized i like I think that you can make any high street item look classic and expensive if you go up a size. Um, You can still make it flattering by accentuating the waist with a belt. But I think, for example, a pair of wide leg trousers looks so much better if they're quite big, but singed at the waist. I love an oversized blazer, an oversized trench. And I love playing with like proportions and different fabrics as well. And I'm really enjoying kind of experimenting with a bit of pastel colour for spring as well usually I'm Mm. quite monochrome but um, yeah I'm enjoying a bit of bit of lilac and a bit of sage green for spring.
0: (laughs) Well you've always you've got this love of fashion how what age were you when you realised that you wanted to do something professional with fashion in the fashion industry?
1: Well it's a funny question that because I was about 14, 15 when I started to really get into um, fashion obviously I didn't have the budget to, to buy a lot or you know I used to I remember going um over to Leeds on the train with my friends when I was like 17 and going into Primark and getting you know loads of clothes for like 15 pound and thinking it was amazing obviously yeah. opinions have shifted somewhat since then but um it's tricky because obviously the job that I do now the influence inside, didn't exist when yeah. I was a teenager so it wasn't something that I ever aspired to be it kind of it's just evolved that way but um but definitely I got kind of a love for fashion in my mid-teens, which obviously has evolved like everybody's style. But my style from about 24, I would say up until now. I'm 31 now has has remained pretty much um the same. I would, I've got clothes in my wardrobe that I've had for five, six, seven years that I would still wear. Um, so I think mm. now my I've kind of forged a style and this is probably gonna be me for foreseeable but adding like I said I've added a bit of pastels in for spring this year so playing with colour maybe and 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 materials to to mix it up a bit each year but I think the you know the the foundation of my style is is probably here to stay now but um I always wanted to be a teacher when I was um a kid so I guess lecturing has amalgamated both fashion and the teaching so I do really enjoy teaching and I find inspiring um, young people just you know it really gives me a buzz I really you know I really enjoy going to work it doesn't feel like work so that's always a winner isn't hmm. it. But <laughs> I mean, you also started modelling at 18 didn't yeah.
0: you? Yeah. How did you because I got into it when I was 46 um, so I was a bit late to the game but I would never have had the confidence to do it when I was younger I just wasn't that way inclined at all.
1: How difficult how did you find the model industry at a young age? Difficult because um, I mean I was going to touch on this on my tour at York Fashion Week but I suffered from anxiety since the age of four, quite cricklingly, actually. Mm. Um, So it was... I've always been the kind of get-up-and-go kind of person who wants to do as much as they can and wants to live life to the full. But obviously with anxiety, you've got that little niggling voice in your head saying you can't do this. What about, what if this happens yeah. and you always can. So I've always tried to silence that voice. And although I didn't think I could do it and I, in a way I kind of didn't want to do it because I was scared. I thought I just did it. And yeah, you know, some shoots I was having a panic attack in the car on the way there or some shoots I had to leave early because I was, you know, in a state, came mm. back overall. The whole overall experience was great, and it gave me so much confidence. I was quite shy um, before modelling, um, and you know, it really brought me out of my shell. And kind of, it was looking it was a stepping stone to what I'm doing now because I would never have been able yeah. to lecture and stand in front of um, you know 60 students and and lecture if I hadn't done that because it was it was hard at the time and. I don't know if I'd go back to it full time. Not that I probably could now. Mm. I don't know whether there's, there's a market for my age. But, um, like, you know, I would definitely see it as a positive experience. And uh, I'm really, yeah, I'm really glad I did it. So touching on,
0: because I, I, my eldest daughter really suffered with anxiety, so I completely relate to the fact that, you know, you, you struggled with, with doing that. And I can't actually imagine how difficult that must have been, knowing how anxiety can affect yeah. you to then go into that surroundings with so many people. Do you think, I mean, it's quite common, I think, for models to, to have that shyness that then evolves into confidence through through the work that they're yeah. doing. Do you think it's something that maybe they could touch on in schools more, to, to make people more confident at a young age, to do modelling classes and catwalk shows and things? Do you think it's a good tool yeah, to build confidence?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there needs to be an element of touching upon the downsides of modeling and obviously um because there is a lot of eating disorders and other mental health um issues around modeling so I think it needs to be approached with caution but definitely even not just modeling like public speaking classes or conference classes mm. like I really struggled through school because there was no recognition of them when I was at school you know I got yeah. in trouble for not going to school because I, they didn't understand why I was anxious and I you know it it just wasn't understood or recognized or supported in any way um so I'm really glad obviously that that is hopefully changing but I think definitely you know academic subjects are important but I can hand on heart say that I've never used Pythagoras's theorem in my entire life (laughs) yeah and and I think that there does need to be an element of um life skills and how to to deal with heartbreak or how to um, you know deal with social media trolls and um, how to you know navigate social media how to build your confidence how to speak you know how teaching how to kind of know your worth because that's taken me a mm. long time to kind of learn and I used to you know just put up with anything and everything and you know even in the workplace so I think there does need to be different aspects of education i i think and i mean i have been thinking about trying to see if i can go into schools and do things on social media yeah i think it's a great idea because i think i mean i wrote my dissertation on that and i think there was just so much research on it and how dangerous social media is for um young people just in the way that their brain is developed and the fact that they're more likely to take things to heart than adults just because of how mm. their brain is, is not fully developed yet. So I think social media can be quite quite dangerous in in um, young people. So I think, yeah, I just think there needs to be an element of, of education, definitely.
0: So you studied fashion marketing in Leeds, didn't you? Yes.
1: So uh, what, whilst you were doing that, did you start your Where's It At Instagram page? No, my Where's it At Cat has been um, running since 2012. I think I downloaded the app probably around about the time it was launched I always try and kind of keep ahead of the trend and download an app if people downloaded TikTok oh, that's um, my job
0: to do whilst we're off now I've got yeah, to get my head around TikTok
1: I, mean, honest, I don't really understand it and I feel like I'm a bit old for it there's a lot of dancing about and stuff
0: yeah <laughs> but, um, yeah.
1: But, yeah so I, I think I, I downloaded it in 2012 which I think is the time that it launched but um, at the time I called it something different um, and it wasn't a brand so to speak I was literally just using it to take photos of my outfits for my own personal kind of Outfit bank. When I didn't know what to wear, I used to look back at that. And then I got a lot of hmm. people were like, "What are you doing?" Like nobody cares. <laughs> but I had yeah. it on private. I didn't have many followers. I just persevered. And then it really just kind of grew. It, it took off really in 2016. I had quite a bad breakup, um, and I was, you know, quite miserable to be honest. And getting thinking, right, I'm going to get up and take an outfit picture. Actually, got me up and dressed in the morning, and mm. and. I started really pushing growing my channel and that's probably where where's at cat kind of evolved really and basically that's when the, the amount of followers increased that's when asos approached me and obviously i've received you know quite a lot more followers because of asos as well so yeah, um, yes yeah, so it's kind of yeah growing organically but but over a longer period of time has that
0: really surprised you what and really surprised you the most because obviously you you start off small. and I love the fact that at first it was personal and it was just for you. At what point did you think, oh my god, I've, I've got thirty thousand followers now? I've got forty thousand followers. At what point did you think, okay, I've got to take this much more seriously and this is my brand?
1: I think it was when it got to ten thousand, and I suddenly just thought, oh my god, I've got ten thousand people following me.
0: Yeah, um,
1: and people recognise me when I'm in London. Well, even in Leeds as well, like. A lot of people follow the ASOS channels and obviously we get regrammed on on ASOS Global. So people kind of recognise you and it's like... Oh I mean, God, that's huge, like, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, And, and it's, it, yeah, it is a bit, oh, wow, okay. So but I've never tried to take it, like think about it too much because to me, I like putting outfits up that I like and I like how my page looks for me. And that's why I don't really take on too many brand collaborations that are not something that I would use or wear because my feed to me is a personal thing yeah and how how I like it to look and it's a bit like you know when you decorate your room or whatever you know you put stuff where you want to put it and you know that's your thing whereas yeah my page is a bit like that I'm quite anal about where the colours yeah that's and...
0: good because you know it shows you're you authentic and you're passionate about what you do but you know you know your own worth don't you and you know how you want to, you've got that level of control I guess
1: yeah definitely and for I, your think, brand. I think I'm just going to be here posting pictures of my outfits if people want to engage with that and like it then that's that's you know good but like I did a poll the other night saying you know are you guys happy to see normal outfit content during this, you know, obviously, this pandemic, and you know, mm. 94% said yes, please. Although, the, yeah, there was about 16 people that said no, and they got a few messages going, How can you, you know, make light of the situation by posting outfits? You're not even going anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, I think that just shows the difference in people's opinion because to me, I get a real buzz out of seeing outfits on people's pages that I love, and I think, Oh, I'm going to recreate that, and can I find a pair of trousers that you know if it's a designer pair of trousers can I find a pair of trousers that looks like that but on the high street and um how can I show that to my followers etc yeah you know it doesn't matter to me that I'm not going out I still love clothes and yeah I completely get that and um, that is my hobby I guess and I'm lucky that my hobby is also my career so yeah I I will you know politely ignore the 16 people that say they don't want to see it because at the end of the day I'm posting what I want to post when I want to post it, and I'm, you know, if people want to engage with that, then then they then they can, and thankfully a lot of people do. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: mean, how do you feel about being classed as an influencer? I personally don't. I hate the word influencer. Um somebody used the word inspirer the other day and I thought that was a really nice word, way of putting it. How do you feel about being an influencer on I don't, Instagram? I
1: don't like the word influencer as well. I think most influencers who are organic and, and genuine don't like the word influencer because I think mm. there's just a connotation of kind of like the Love Island um, yeah. kind of that kind of influencer. I get content creator quite a lot, but then sometimes I feel like I'm a bit of an imposter because I'm not a photographer and I don't profess to have any photography skills. So me saying I'm a content creator, I feel a bit, a bit of a fraud because, yes, I am taking photos of my outfits. But to me, the focus is the outfit and not the, the technical skill in the photo, if you get what I mean. Mm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, inspire is a very nice word. Um, yeah, I yeah. liked that. I thought yeah. it was a nice
0: way of putting it.
1: I mean, um, do you feel
0: comfortable doing what you're doing there? Do you or do you do you take it really personally if people give you negative feedback? Are you quite thick skinned now? I'm quite
1: thick skinned through modelling that gave yeah. me real six skin because you used to have to go to castings you uh, it was a bit like x-factor with a table of people you walk yeah. in you give them your book and then they say no too fat no too thin no no mm. and it's quite harsh yeah definitely so I really think to myself that's their opinion I don't know that person the only opinions that I care about are my friends and family Like, you know, if my friends and family said, Oh, I don't think that those trousers really suit you, I would listen to them and think, Oh, how can I make them, you know, more flattering? Yeah. I don't, I I, obviously I'm not inviting trolls onto my page, but um, I have had like messages and I just ignore them because they feed off a reaction. So, yeah, yeah, I like what I wear. And if you don't, then I'm not dressing for anybody else. So, (laughs)
0: yeah, exactly. What advice would you give to someone else wanting to start a fashion Instagram page? Do you think it's kind of reached its peak because there's so many different people out there offering different looks? Or do you think there's room for change? I think
1: there's always room for more people, but you need to obviously find your niche. And I think that you need yeah. to be patient. A lot of people contact me with like 300 followers and like, oh my God, how do I grow my... I, I want to have a swipe up link at 10K. And I, and I think you need to be kind of realistic about the time scale that it takes because there's so many people now doing the same thing it will inevitably take longer and it's a lot of work you know you need to make yourself visible by commenting and liking and sharing people so they share you back etc um so there is you know it is hard work um but as long as you're doing it for the right reasons and not just to get free stuff or or um whatever then you know it's uh Yeah, I think, you know, there's always room for more people. And if it's it's something that you enjoy doing and inspires you, then then why not?
0: You touched on something just then about how, you know, it's hard work. And people don't, I don't think quite often people appreciate how hard it is to get content out there regularly um, at at the right level and to suit
1: your style. How much time do you spend
0: creating your content?
1: Quite a lot. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I work three days a week at the uni. So those three days are out for two days of the week that I have remaining, I probably spend most of those days planning outfits, shooting them. Um, obviously, I, I shoot quite a lot of stuff at home anyway, even when I'm out. out. Um, yeah. So that does make it easy, because obviously I'm not having to travel somewhere, etc. cetera. Um, but there is, because I'm so um, focused on the lighting um, there is like a specific window in the day where the lighting is good like too early in the morning it's too blue, too late, it's too um warm. So I kind of try and shoot in the middle of the day, but it does take two or three hours a day to, to shoot the, the content because I do like to have a bank of stuff in case I'm ill or something um that I can that I can upload. So yeah, there is a, a lot more work and I mean the content, actual taking the photos is probably one of the quickest things to do it's then the editing and then the uploading and the scheduling and the following people commenting back replying to all the dms creating stories that are visually appealing with video etc those are the things that kind of take them the most time really do
0: you plan as well how far how far ahead do you try and plan your posts
1: um i try and and plan a week in a, a week ahead kind of mm. i'm going to wear obviously at the minute that's that's gone to pot a little bit but um yeah like i usually spend like a sunday evening planning my outfits for the week um and i try and upload what i'm actually wearing that day because i feel like that's more authentic um but yeah at the minute i'm kind of it's not as authentic because i'm literally putting something on to shoot but i think most people are doing that because um yeah none of Good them have a choice <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But you, yeah i think you've been lucky in a way that you have found and developed your own personal style at quite a young age a lot a lot of girls a lot of young girls might struggle to find their own sense of style and identity especially when social media is so kind of in your face and, and quite judgmental for younger girls what advice would you give to younger girls to try and kind of control the time to spend on social media comparing themselves to others and also trying to find their own identity? In fashion
1: Um, i think i i would always advise to read magazines and not just glossy kind of supermarket magazines as i call them like there's some beautiful like independent um kind of almost like books and i absolutely love kind of those kind of magazines and just immersing yourself in something other than social media because i think a lot of the time younger People are in things that are quite skimpy, or to go down that kind of road, just because of the amount of people that that wear that stuff at that age, and I think yeah. that's not going to have longevity because you're not going to be able to wear a crop top at my age or your age, kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, I think to try and forge, you know, a timeless style because then you can buy better as well, and things will last. But obviously, it is, it is a challenge when you're younger because people don't have the budget to be buying. From like Arquette and Cos and, and more high quality brands, but I would strongly like advise like to not buy stuff on a whim and mm. save up for classic items that you can wear and keep as well. Um, and yeah. definitely, even if you're on Pinterest, it's better than Instagram um, to find inspiration. Like I think Instagram because it's coming from a person and they're going, you know, you, there's a lot of comparison involved. So I think. Um, limit the time on Instagram and spend more time reading magazines and and potentially on Pinterest instead. If you now work
0: with brands as well as a consultant, so you kind of got the best of both worlds because you're representing brands in their clothes, but also you're getting to to kind of work alongside them to help them with advice and specific ideas for marketing. Yeah. So, what kind of examples can you give of brands reaching out to you? What kind of subject areas? in their marketing would you be able to help the most with
1: probably the fashion sector um obviously mm. i've had quite a few beauty um salons and etc because that, that's quite a difficult um area to make a feed look aesthetically pleasing when when it's kind of like beauty treatments so yeah. try, you know there's a lot of kind of in-depth things with instagram and the analytics etc et that people kind of don't really know about um and like tips and tricks, etc. So, you know, I I um, either offer just you know some guidance, or I can take over their Instagram for them if they don't have time to do it. And um, so, yeah, I can I can offer you know numerous numerous different things really. How do you fit all this in, Kat? That's what I'm thinking (laughs) now. I know. Well, I don't really know how I did. (laughs) The days are going quick now then we're stuck inside. I don't actually know how I managed to uh, fit everything in. I think this has definitely made me realize I need to slow down maybe a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think everybody that I've talked to recently has said exactly the same thing. It's made everybody kind of sit back, and and I find that really difficult to stop and not do stuff. Hmm. But it does make you think, okay, maybe I do need to adjust my normal. Routine. It'll yeah. be interesting what happens when we all get back into it. Yeah. Definitely. So you're seeing this reach of brand different influencers and wanting to work with them. Do you think the fashion industry is changing slightly
1: because they're wanting to be more relatable? Yeah, definitely. I think there customers. has been um, a shift because obviously they market their products through an influencer. That influencer has got you know a ready-made customer base potentially for them. Um, And I know that me personally, I'm always influenced by people, always finding new brands um, and actually buying things through, uh, you know, fellow influencers. So I think, you know, it definitely is not going anywhere. And I can't see it going anywhere because it's the only marketing tactic that, that can actually reach a specific audience and can be monitored as well. And it's obviously, um, much cheaper for the brand as well because obviously they pay the influencer a fee but it's not like having um full-time paid staff yeah. that are creating content um you know this is like a one-off fee so yes yeah. yeah, it's, it's i can't see it going anywhere
0: well i love the barber in conversation campaign you did back in two was it 2018 and I love the fact that you were, you were, I really, I followed Alison Walsh, that's not my age for ages, and I love her, I think she's yeah. fabulous, and you were paired yeah. with her. So as a younger woman, how do you feel about the lack of diversity in the fashion industry regarding older women?
1: I think that there definitely needs to be more older women, because I know that my personal style has been forged predominantly by taking inspiration from fellow girls and how are older mm. women supposed to get inspired when all they're seeing is younger people it's only going to make them feel yeah. inadequate because they're older and that's not the case at all some of the the most um you know the some women that I follow on Instagram are the most stylish women ever and they're older and that also gives you a bit of hope as a younger woman as well that you can still carry this love of fashion you know you don't have to sack it off and you know start wearing mum jeans yeah. and. Yeah, you know, t shirt when you get to whatever age because um you can see that how how their style still looks good on them and it would look good on me as well and how the clothes that I'm wearing now would still still work when I'm older. So yeah, definitely I think there needs to be more diversity, but I think it's it's getting there slowly. There is there is more people coming through that are, you know, um fashionable and seeing that niche in the market to kind of on so i, I don't think so
0: yeah i think i think you're right i agree i think there's definitely a change um starting and i think even if it's if it's happening slowly there's definitely brands are are realizing that the older market needs to be represented better and older women on instagram and social media are getting braver and trying their own to kind of put their own path out there, which I think is fantastic. I love seeing it, but it's but I think equally it's important. That's why I loved about the Barber campaign is mixing the generations. So they had somebody who was in there, you would have been would you be 30 yeah, then?
1: 29, 30, yeah,
0: yeah, with somebody that was that was a bit older. So it's not just sticking one age group together. I think it's the mixture that we need yeah. to see more of,
1: yeah, definitely. Age And Alison's great as well, and she's so knowledgeable and done so much um so yeah it was great yeah. so i learned a lot from her she, you know she's she's a really lovely woman
0: so let's get to York fashion week that we were both going to be involved in and will be I mean I think it's brilliant because um I'm from the north as well I've lived here all my life and you're from York but I imagine most of your work is in yeah. London
1: yeah do you are you aware of is there a north south fashion divide I think do you think there is still a bit um because a lot of the the fashion brands are in London. I mean, there are some in Manchester, um, and it is slowly creeping up. But I definitely do think there is a bit of a north-south divide, um, and it's it, it's not helped by the fact that you know train fares are so expensive down to London unless you book,
0: yeah,
1: you know, way in advance, which is fine if you're going for a social trip, but not if you've got a business meeting that's come up last minute. Um, and I think that needs to be addressed there needs to be you know a more affordable way but sadly I don't think that ever will be the case when the demand is there because you know filling the trains every day with with people paying 200 pounds for a ticket to London but yeah I don't think I don't think that helps um but yeah I, I hope that it will will change but definitely I do feel when I go down to London I'm more inspired and I'm I feel like I mean, my place, even though I would never live down there, I do like coming back up here. But I do definitely think that it's more fashion focused down there. Yeah, it's definitely. I, mean, I suppose if you go
0: into centre, into city centres like Leeds, Manchester, you get a yeah. little bit of that. But I agree with you. It's, there's a different level of creativity in the fashion industry yeah. in London. Just in, in, in people walking around the streets, you just get inspiration yeah. everywhere you go.
1: Obviously, in York, the large population of York is is, an, is older and retired, etc. And often, like, if I've been taking outfit pictures in the street, people have shouted vain and stuff at me, thinking that I'm just, you know, taking photos of myself just because I'm vain, <laughs> but I'm not. Um, whereas in <laughs> London, you know, you're walking through shoreditch there's probably about three photo shoots going on in various streets. Yeah. There's probably the filming something probably somewhere. There's, you know... It's mm. um, much more creative, because I think a lot of the creative agencies and a lot of creative companies are, are down there, sadly. But hopefully it will change.
0: It's interesting that you say you wouldn't like to live there. How ambitious are you for the future? How do you kind of imagine yourself in 10 uh, years' time?
1: I don't want to live in London. I would. My idea would be to mm. live in a village which is close to a big city, because um, I really like Yeah quiet life but then to be able to go into the city and i think that helps with anxiety as well because i i just don't think that i could yeah. live in in the middle of a big city it's just too suffocating so yeah and hopefully have a family and um carrying on lecturing and hopefully carrying on with instagram but obviously it's such a uh, changing environment who knows where whether instagram will even be around in 10 years but um hopefully mm know still doing what i'm doing with the with the fashion um definitely well we'll be seeing you on tiktok Uh, next that's the thing i should be looking out (laughs) for yeah i'm not sure i'll about like the younger younger guy i
0: did read and ask about the fact about tiktok saying that actually yes it is at the moment so very much a younger kind of platform but in 10 years time it will become like instagram is where it's much more generic and everybody will be using it so that's why i thought actually i'm going to yeah. try and have a go but i won't i'll be like yeah i will not be dancing around i'm not quite sure what i'll be doing yeah well we can be observers
1: until we pick up the courage to yes. something ourselves. <laughs> and ask it's important yeah. when you have a brand like yourself and me to kind of create an account with your username so you've got it and because yeah. um, you don't want somebody going on and taking your username. And if you do want actually want to go on in a couple of years and then you haven't got a username to use, it has to then be a different name and then it's not cohesive with the rest of the brand. So, so yeah, yeah. I've, I've gone on and made an account. But, I'm, I, yeah, I have, I'll be honest, I haven't been on it since i done it. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: last three questions that I ask everybody. Talking of music, do you have a favourite song that always motivates um, you? I've,
1: I've been having to think about this. Yeah. Um, It sounds a bit sad But um, Christina Aguilera Can't hold us down Is one of my my, I know all the words (laughs) And that was one of the songs That I used to You know when I was younger I used to just love that song And every time I Kind of listen to it now It reminds me of being A young person being scared (laughs) But but thinking Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this So that's probably Love it Yeah I would say and what about a book that's inspired you? Do you I read much? Sh- yeah, but not typically not fashion books. I read a lot of um, kind of astrology and crystal healing and Reiki and um, things like that. Hmm. So Not in terms of fashion, but um, there's a book called The New Garçon, which is um, kind of like hardback uh, book about dressing how to be the modern gentlewoman. So that is favourite. But as we touched on earlier, I think I really kind of get inspired by um magazines like quality kind of magazines like the gentlewoman um Rika in print um all of those mm. that are kind of like timeless big thick magazines you know um yeah, so yeah they're like a the book yeah, really but, aren't they they're yeah, like a coffee table coffee book table but beautiful and, pick them up and put them down and read bits you don't have to read it from you know front cover to back cover you can pick bits out and yeah they look nice as well so that's always good
0: (laughs) yeah fabulous and who Um, inspires you
1: I think one of my tutors at uni um really inspired me like she's just so motivational you can spend 10 minutes with her and you feel like you can do anything um and also Hmm. um an influencer called Brittany Bathgate on Instagram um I don't know if you've heard of her but she she No, I haven't I think if you looked at her on Instagram, you would understand why, why I'm inspired by her. Right, I'm going to do that this morning. <laughs> she, she's obviously much larger than than me, but she is minimal and she's got such classic, timeless style. Um, and also she, you know, I don't know her personally, I have, have seen her at London Fashion Week, but um, she just seems very unassuming and very shy and very kind of that the whole influencing thing doesn't come naturally but she does influencing so well by being so unassuming and um mm. yeah she finds the most amazing brands and like yeah I could literally buy everything that she wears and probably I do, I do buy far too much from her right that's my um, adding her to
0: my my list of <laughs> yeah. things to do today so <laughs> look her food. thank you <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, Kat. And I hope we get the chance to meet in person when your Fashion Week finally bounces back. If you're not already following Kat, please go check her out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Where's It at Kat, And for all things ASOS on Instagram at ASOS underscore Kat. And you can also go look at our website, whereisitatkat.co.uk. So thank you so much, Kat. And I hope you, um, yeah, stay safe yes. and well through yes. this kind of surreal Absolutely. time and yeah um, just keep going but thank no, you so much for joining me real pleasure you. cheers bye thank you thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble and I hope it's left you feeling inspired I'd love to hear from you who inspires you and why please get in touch you can contact me via my website rachelperumodel.com or leave a message on the Anchor app and if you're listening by iTunes, don't forget you can leave feedback. In the meantime, keep being fabulous.